Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I like doing it. You know, I love running routes. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. They seem like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clipped that. Looking forward to facing your mom at some point. Last night at the bar we were at, I had some really bad cases. I've never had no bad cases, really. It's Wednesday, September 7th, and yeah, second episode of the second season of Eckler's Edge here on the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast feed. Joining me, obviously, of course, is the man himself, LA Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Austin, what's going on, buddy? Matt, what's good, man? We are back. Back for the second of many to come, my friend. The second of many to come. So looking forward to today's episode and the future ones to come in the future. And uh, man, you know, we got a little bye week. I felt felt like a little bye week. We had like a, a weekend off. So I'm feeling fresh, man, going into week one. A hundred percent. I feel ready or as ready as you really can for the upcoming storm. And I, I love to see it. I do have to make one quick note here at the top of the show. Um, I need to correct the record on something that I said on episode one last week, Austin, I, I I had this whole spiel. And of course it got cut for like all the social videos about how I don't have you on any of my fantasy teams. Austin, mm. I was wrong. I do have you on one of my teams and actually like what a, what a brain fart by me because it's one of the biggest uh, fantasy leagues in the entire industry. I, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Scott fishbowl. It's like this giant charity league uh, that the reason I forgot was that we drafted in, in July. So it was so long ago. Ah. But yes, ah. you are you're my top running back on that team. Okay. Uh okay. yeah, it's it, massive charity league, man. I should tell you about it sometime. It's you'd be really interested in it. So I did want to correct the record on that. You are on one of my teams, which is good for the show, awesome. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you you directly, you know, are affected by my play, you know, in, in some in some little way. So uh we'll be able to touch on that. Um, as I have myself as well. So, you know, we'll be able to critique myself from myself and from you. I want to hear it from you as, as someone that has me on their, on their team. Like, what do you, what did you think about that week? All that. So awesome. Good to know. Good. It's good to have, it's good to have that synergy. Otherwise it would have felt really weird if I had like, you know, uh, like 10 plus teams and had zero. I was starting to think, I was starting to think, I was like, maybe Matt has like a secret, like hate for like Austin Eckler. Like he doesn't want me on his team, no. you know? So, uh, you know, you know, 10 teams and you didn't have me on any of them. I, you know, I was like, hmm, I was, I was second guessing. So I'm glad we cleared the water there. Uh, we yeah. can be friends now. 
Okay, that's good. Otherwise, it would have been it would have been a long season. Otherwise, um, also before we get jumping into the whole outline here, Austin, you've got a couple things to mention. A couple giveaways that you want to drop here at the top for the people. Yeah, you know, this is it's part of the whole ecosystem and part of even why the show even exists. Um, and man, look at that water bottle. We'll see if he can drink it by the end of the show. Um, oh my god, let's hope we'll, not. <laughs> take five pee breaks. But you know, the reason the show is even you know, put together or why I'm even on this show is because of the draw of the community of fantasy football. And it doesn't just stop with me giving efforts back to the show. I also do uh, some different giveaways throughout the year. Um, actually, every single week, if you have me on your fantasy football team, we're giving away two signed jerseys every single week. All you have to do is post um, that you have me on your team on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, and make sure to tag me. And then also for the people out here uh, that are close to SoFi Stadium, we are also giving away game tickets to every single home game. Matt, let me tell you, like we have never done an engagement like this before ever. So I'm super excited for it. We're giving away yeah. two, two tickets to home games and a parking pass, which is almost as expensive as the, uh, <laughs> as the, as the tickets because <laughs> uh, SoFi is atrocious to get in and out of. Uh, but yeah, those are two of the, biggest giveaways that I've ever done. I'm really excited to just give back more to, to the community and say, thank you all for all your unconditional support. Um, and let's have a good time this year. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Let me plug those. And so if you guys want to check them out, uh, check me out on Instagram. That's where we post about all that different stuff. Yeah. I saw some folks doing some pretty good, uh, air guitars, uh, yeah. on, your, on your Instagram story this morning. So uh, yeah. good stuff, people get in there, get in on that action. We'd love like a listener of Eckler's edge to end up winning, uh, that giveaway, so that'd be pretty Ooh, that would sick. Be great. Brownie points if you shout out Eckler's Edge. Brownie oh. points on the giveaway. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole corporate synergy here. All right. One little piece of news uh, that we want to jump into here real quick before we get into all your Ask Austin questions, which are awesome. I can't wait to dive in there. You know, we'll, we'll go over all of the, like, big fantasy-relevant stuff with all the other Yahoo goofballs the rest of the week. But, Austin, I did want to get your takeaway on the Steelers naming Mitch Trubisky as the starting quarterback that happened Tuesday morning, rookie Kenny Pickett is officially the backup. I wanted to talk about this with you because I feel like this is actually sort of similar to the way things have gone for you over the last couple of years with the chargers, you know, Ben Roethlisberger retires. We know Philip rivers moved on to the Colts. It, it kind of like, just again, as you were sort of rising up there, they have like, I think what we all expected with Tyrod Taylor being like the veteran placeholder before you guys moved on to Justin Herbert, although that, that was a weird situation for my guy Tyrod. Shout out to uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia's finest uh, Tyrod Taylor there. The, the Steelers are kind of in that situation too with a veteran quarterback kind of holding the place for a rookie that we expected to take over the job at some point. So Austin, kind of dive into that, like the, the, the Rivers or Herbert comparisons and how we you sort of started to make those last episode, like your playing style and how that changed as you were going from veteran quarterback to a younger guy. Yeah, you know, I'll touch first on just the quarterback scenario. And it it's different. It's always situational. Um, but as a general sense, the quarterback position is very hard um, when it comes to the actual mental game. Um, the mental game, I think, enhances the actual physical game like being able to throw the ball you know be accurate nowhere um you need to place it high low back soft hard all that stuff comes into account in the physical part but what takes your game to the next level um which is what i saw with with philip was the mental part of the game and that's something that takes time um you know when i came in with philip i think he was going into your like you know 15 
Um, so talk about a guy that's been around the league a long time. And he, he knew every single defense because of the defensive coordinator. He's like, oh, I know the defensive coordinator. He was in Miami. We're playing. He's with, you know, this team this year. Um, and this is what they're going to try to do to us. And he's bringing up stuff from back 2007 and th things like that. And just like, wow, like this, like it's like a masterpiece. It's like a master art artist just going to work, painting this picture in your head of what's going to happen and how it's going to be executed and how we're going to protect it. Um, so going from a guy like that to going to a guy like Justin, you know, with Kenny Pickett, I think he's really young guy uh, coming in. So when we had, you know, our transition, when Philip left, uh, we, you know, drafted Justin Herbert. Uh, we also brought in a vet, right? Tyra, I tell you, he'd been around too. And so it's to kind of just bridge that, that mental part, right? Cause it'd be like, to be able to run an offense, like you, it's really hard to just come in and just plug and play uh, like you can for like a running back where it's more so, hey, follow this line. Here's your responsibility. You're not out there, you know, chief in the offense and everything like that. So um, to me, it makes sense. To me, it makes sense. I think it's kind of something that you see around the league, bringing in some type of veteran quarterback uh, it's with hopes with that your guy that you drafted is going to be eventually the guy. Right. That's why you're paying him all that money to, to draft him. Um, so I think that's going to play that self out, you know, and it's also opportunity for, for Mitchell Trubisky to be like, Hey, can you, can you continue to, to play at a high level? Um, right. so two opportunities that are going to be presented to both of those guys. Uh, but as far as play, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. You know, it depends on your quarterback for me going from Phillip rivers, who wasn't very mobile. And anytime the pocket broke down, it was either sack or he's trying to find Austin in the flat, uh, to a guy that can, you know, is a little bit more mobile, can move around a little bit more, uh, is a little bit younger in his his career uh, than I came in with Phillips. So, you know, is a little bit more agile, has a little bit stronger arm strength. Um, you know, now I, I, I've seen, you know, a, a, some type of decline in my in my catches. You know, instead of catching 97 balls, I'm only catching 77. And uh, like you know, those, those 20 that make a difference, right? <laughs> uh, especially if you're talking fantasy, but um, still getting the love. So, yeah. It'll play itself out. And I, like I said, both those guys will have an opportunity to show, you know, who's going to be able to. If Kenny will be able to get get behind Mitchell and, and learn. Really, it's the learning process um, that I would say is, is the biggest gap. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that is it, it's it's a bridge, right? You're going from Trubisky eventually to Pickett, just like you guys were going to eventually go from Tyrod to uh, Justin Herbert. But really, to me, I think the biggest thing is what you said last week and, and what you just alluded to there, it's the structure of the offense and how it changes. Like, I mean, I, I've talked a lot about the Steelers on the podcast this off season, and I just get fixated on weird topics. And to me, I think like, you know, watching Ben Roethlisberger last year and he's had a great career, but you know, like you said, lack of mobility, he didn't want to go under center. He didn't want to do a lot of play action. He wanted to turn his back to the defense. Um, Cause that's just where he was at, at, at that point of his career. I continue to think that, these Steelers receivers, you know, guys like Deontay Johnson, George Pickens on, on the come up, like they're going to see a totally, especially a guy like Deontay, who's getting a lot of those like pop gun targets last year. He could see some, you know, targets further down the field, not just from Mitch, but also from Kenny Pickett as well. So I'm glad to hear you kind of back that up with, uh, with your personal experience. Yeah. And just a little bit more to add on to that, you know, with us, you know, we brought in Corey Lindsley, who's, you know, a veteran center. Um, and when you bring in a guy like that, he can also help take pressure off of your quarterback because he can now be making the the line changes and the mic calls and things like that. And so it, it's a little bit less, uh, you know, off your quarterback. So that's also something to look at when you're seeing these new quarterbacks, like who's playing center for him? Is it a veteran that's been doing it for a while? Is it a new guy? So, you know, the, the layers, the layers, if you want to get real deep and really analytical about it, it all matters. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I would say this. If you watch the Steelers offensive line in the preseason, 
you know, maybe that maybe next year that's when they add some offensive line talent. Well, they got guys like James Daniel they brought in this offseason, but maybe maybe they start to add a bit uh, to that unit next year, sort of take the next step with Kenny Pickett going into a second year uh, in 2023. All right, let's move into the meat of the show here, man. I mean, we said last week that we wanted to engage with our listeners. We want to start to build a, a bridge, a community between NFL players like Austin Eckler and fantasy managers. And honestly, we were, you know, I read most of the emails, like we were blown away by how many of you wrote in with not just questions, but good interesting questions and honestly a lot of it austin was just appreciation for you like there were some people that just came in was like hey austin just want to let you know like you were my fantasy ride or die last year like you were my guy i mean that's gotta that's gotta feel pretty cool for you for you to hear that from folks out there yeah it does and you know that's man man that's that's what i'm trying to do you know out here i'm trying to be the most efficient that i can for myself and then it carries over into the community as well right i'm trying to lead a path that leaves a wake of motivation and value behind for others to also uh, enjoy and that's why fantasy football is such a perfect uh I guess, you know, vehicle for that because it's directly based off of my production uh, as far as my my character in the fantasy space. So yeah, I shout out to uh, all y'all that uh, just emailed in to, uh, to say what's up and we appreciate it. But hey, bring some questions. We want to hear them all. Yeah. Um, and to those of you that did great, uh, you know, send in some questions, we're going to get into those shortly. And I'm looking forward to answering them, but I appreciate all the love. Yeah, let's dive in right now. Just as one disclaimer for the folks that sent Austin like, Hey, should I start this guy or this guy in my flex? Maybe not. Maybe not in the future, right? Like, I'll just say that off the top. But we did get a ton of really good questions. So let's dive into some of them right now. First one, this was actually a piece of news that dropped between episode one and episode two here. You guys signed Sony Michelle uh, to, to join that backfield rotation. You know, you and I talked about Josh Kelly and his kind of performance of the preseason and, and sort of that competition going on at the RB2 spot there. Um, this one came in from Justin. What's your opinion on Sony Michelle signing with the Chargers? Um, how are we feeling with the kind of another veteran guy entering that group? Yeah, you know, um, we let go of, you know, Justin Jackson, or we didn't, I guess we didn't sign him back, who was our, I guess, you know, the, the guy behind me as far as just years of, of playing experience. Um, and so then we had Joshua Kelly's going into his third year and then Larry Roundtree's going into his second year. Um, and then I think Sony Michelle came available and I think, you know, the Chargers saw an opportunity to kind of solidify, you know, our running back room. There's been a lot of competition going off for the, like you said, for the number two spot. Um, and then it's it's still going, you know, it's still going. It's an ongoing thing, which, which is a good thing, right? Guys are competing every single day for their livelihood, which is in my opinion, the, the uh, situation you want, because you know, everyone's going to be giving it their all. No one's going to be relaxing, which you shouldn't anyway, but that's just an extra motivation factor. Um, so Sony coming in. Yeah. I've, Got to know him a little bit better. Really cool, down-to-earth guy, uh, which I like first. That's how I evaluate my teammates first is like, what kind of person are you? Can I like actually get along? Can we have conversations? He's been great in the meeting rooms. Um, obviously, you know, he's, he's won a Super Bowl, done all that stuff. So that's that's pretty cool to have his just just mindset as far as just, hey, he's been there, done that. Like, how did it, how did, how was that room? How was your running back room on that journey? You know, right now, it looks like, you know, it's going to be, you know, Joshua Kelly and him right now as the as the number twos and i still don't know how that's going to play out time will tell um i know special teams will probably play a factor into that um and so right now there's it, kind of like an unknown for me it's kind of the yeah. same as, as as it was last year you know um for right now uh, obviously i can only focus on myself and we'll see how that plays out 
Yeah, for me, man, I feel like Sony Michelle is just a guy that kind of gets it done. Like he's not super flashy, but he's definitely like a rugged player. And, you know, he had some real moments last year, even in fantasy, right? Like he had some weeks last year for the Rams where you, you wanted to to start Sony Michelle. Like he was that kind of high end backup. So I think it's a good signing by you guys. I mean, you know, whatever. Nobody cares what I think. But uh, I, I think that like <laughs> I think it's good signing. And I, I agree with your, your notion there that like iron sharpens iron. So that will be a fun battle to kind of. Uh, follow throughout the course of the season and get Austin's insight on. All right, this one comes in from Amon Stuber. Sorry if I butcher anybody's name here, but like, listen, it is what it is. Uh, do you way. have a do you have a second favorite NFL team that you support besides the Chargers? If not, who was your childhood team growing up that you followed and supported? Ooh, so we kind of talked about this in episode one. Um, so Matt, you probably know where I'm going with this, but I really did not watch the NFL at all growing up. Like it was not a part yeah. of my, it wasn't a part of my life. It wasn't a part of my family. That was not something we did. We watched a little bit of Nebraska play because my cousin coached there, but that was really the only football we ever watched. Um, so growing up, I lived in Colorado. We were like, maybe every once in a while I would watch a, you know, a Denver game um, if it was on, but really it wasn't until my junior year of college that I started watching the NFL. And that's the only reason because of that is because, you know, my coach was like, hey, man, you have scouts interested in you. Like, you might have a chance to go play. Like, I wasn't even focused on the NFL. I was focused on my education because I thought that's where my next opportunity was going to lie within. And sure enough, the NFL actually ended up presenting itself an opportunity. So right now, I'm all Chargers. Uh, I've been Chargers. <laughs> I hope I can stay as long as, uh, as, long as my career goes. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But right now, yeah, ball gang. <laughs> man, I think it's funny that some folks on the outside that, like, don't, no NFL players and you know would be kind of surprised that you guys don't I mean there's probably a handful of guys that like watch the NFL like live and breathe just pro football and like dream of going there since the time they were you know like conscious human beings as, as, as like toddlers or whatever but not everybody is like that I find that super fascinating and I don't think most people out there would really even know that well that's because people only see us on Sundays Right. Like that's usually right. the only time they see us. Now we're doing a, that's why I'm doing this podcast to give you a little bit of insight of like, oh, these guys are actually real humans. Like they don't just work all the time, 24 seven. Like to you listening right now, imagine if all you did was your job that you do and that's all you ever did. So I feel like that's the perception that people have about NFL players, that that's all we ever do is football. And we, yeah. I wake up and I go to the gym and then I'm on the field and then the off season, I'm on the field every day and I'm at the gym like slow down We're, we are humans too like <laughs> like we go to work just like you do right and so work is fun yeah absolutely but it still is work like it's still a drag it's still a journey that we have to go through um and so when we get some downtime a lot of times we're not watching football we're doing other things that we like to do just like you are so that's good to, to get across that messaging so that, i'm glad we could do the show you know yeah right. exactly right i mean i tell the people this all the time like you can love your job as much as you want and i, I know you love playing football like i love covering football i love watching football like charting receivers all that stuff writing you know doing this stuff but at the end of the day like if you're not on a beach like drinking beer somewhere you're, you're you don't like always want to be doing you don't always want to <laughs> be doing your even job. if you did that every day that would get old you would that would get old yeah so i actually learned this and during the first time covid ever started locking everything down it was like two weeks the government comes out hey for the next two weeks everyone's got to stay inside i'm like oh, this is going to be sick. I'm going to play so many video games. I'm going to hang out. Yeah. And so I played video games for like two weeks straight. And after that two weeks, they're like, they extended it to like a month, a month and a half. And I'm like, uh, this isn't Ooh. as uh, great as I thought it was. Like, I kind of want something else to do. Uh, like, this is not very productive with my time. And I feel like I'm just kind of 
doing nothing and wasting my time and I want some other other thing to have so I can stimulate my other senses and things like that so man so yeah that it's the same thing with football like I absolutely love football we go hard for seven months out of the year and then uh, get that downtime and even during season we have our downtime so I like to do other things like this so it's good. yeah I love how uh, my favorite epi- or quote from episode one of this show was when Justin said, like, I-, I'm- I live kind of a boring life outside of football, and I wish we had less downtime in the, in the offseason. You- and, like, everybody's different, right? Like, so- like I yeah, said, I bet for sure. I bet so- there are some guys out there that, that all they want to be doing is football, like, and all they want to be doing is their job. But other folks is you know, everybody's different. Like, and that's a- you guys are people just like how people are different. And so I think that's, a- that's why we're doing this show, like no you said. Um, so kind of sticking on you as a as a person. Austin, not a football player. Uh, Scott just wants to ask, what movies slash music do you watch or and listen to uh, before, like before you play, um, or just in general, if anything? Ooh, so I'm not much of a movie guy. I didn't really watch a lot of movies growing up either. So that's that kind of just faded away really early. Um, but music, like especially before I play, I used to when I was like in my first three years, listen to a bunch of like rock, heavy metal, just get super amped up. But then I found myself like having to calm down a lot. I was like, man, I, like I get all super like amped up and I'm ready to go. And I'm like, ah, ready to run through a wall. But then I'm like, okay, I need to calm down so I can actually focus. And so right now I don't really listen to music. Um, what I do is a lot of, uh, a lot of just visualization, like right before the game, uh, I'll be in the locker room. I'll just be going through my steps. Like I just, I'll have what my, I'll have my helmet, my pads, everything on. I'll just be going through my steps for different plays, just visualizing, catching the ball. Justin's throwing me the swing route. I'm catching the ball. Boom, I'm getting upfield, make a guy miss, you know, get some more fantasy points. Um, that's, what <laughs> I, that's what I'll visualize. And so it's really uh, kind of like a calming, like, ritual I go through. Just That's just, like, more so visualization, more so, you know, calm my inner self because it's, it's a really stressful environment. Um, yeah. and the, and the more calm I could be, the more locked into what my job is, I think the better I can play. Cause that's how it is in practice. In practice is not thousands of fans yelling. It's not, you know, games on the line type of stuff. So if I can try to just simulate that type of environment where I'm playing free, playing like myself, that's the, what I've noticed to be the best for me. So, sorry, I didn't really answer your question. Uh, no, no. Well, hey, you got right no, before, I guess. right before you got on this show, you were, uh, you were singing some Coldplay. So like, that's, your, maybe that's, your, that's your, uh, that's your hype music for the show. <laughs> uh, like... You know, I always like to listen to stuff before I, before I speak, because it gets me in a mood where I'm like singing and like, uh, songs that like kind of pick me up and it's not, it's not always, you know, Coldplay, uh, obviously, but it's just like things that I might listen to. Like I've, I've, bunch of playlists with some old rock some new rap some pop some like just a whole bunch of different stuff that kind of gets me gets me in a mood you know i got i got the guitar behind me you know it might yeah. uh, rip a riff on there so uh just yeah i don't know something about music that gets me ready to speak well i got all my guitars uh, a few in this office a few out there so maybe yes. we'll uh, we'll yes. do like a little a little uh a little track before yeah mel and i here. my girlfriend and i will have to show you maybe on an episode we'll play our little uh our little music or a little song that we've made oh, i would absolutely <laughs> love to see that and i think the people would too yeah. um all right next question here from will uh is there any particular reason that you wear number 30 is there any significance to that i think people love uh, love to know this type of stuff so just to keep it short and sweet uh i wore it in high school and then coming back into the pros well okay wore it in high school number 30 in college i wore 31 and then i got into the pros and i was number three which at the time running backs couldn't wear number three and right. so I had to pick a different number and there's like four numbers available for me in the running back uh, numbers that I actually was intrigued in. And 30 was just one that I had worn before. So I was like, Hey, let's run it back. 
So uh, 3-0 it is. So no, like, spe- there's no, like, special significance. I Do you no, guys actually, zero. do you guys ever, um, again, this is, I said earlier, I get weird, like, weirdly fixated on certain topics. I'm, like, obsessed with how, and th- this whole number change thing, man, like, th- this is when I knew I was getting old. Like, I was getting, I was, like, total, totally getting into boomer status here that I was, like, Mm-mm, back in my day, like, you know, wide yes. receivers wearing number one. I, I don't know about that, man. So, like, do you guys care at all about, like, the way that a jersey number looks on you? Because, I mean, t- I mean, Austin, like, 30 looks good on you. It might not look as good on, like, a damn left tackle or something like that. Right. I, I actually hate it. I hate it because I used to. Really? Like, well, just as an offensive player, especially people that are in the box. Like, when I mean the box, like, in between the tackles. Yeah. Um, like we use numbers to recognize who people are right and usually it's like yeah. 90s are d linemen you know 50s are going to be 50s and 40s going to be your linebackers type bodies so it's like like now i got linebackers wearing number six or wearing number nine or number three it's and weird. i'm like and i got like d linemen wearing single digits and i'm like okay is that who is that over there okay that's number three that's a d lineman like it, it just makes me think a little bit more so that's why i don't like it but you know they think it looks good on them, you know, give them the right to, it's just an adjustment. Like you said, you know, it's just the old school. I've been doing something one way, you know, it gets changed. Obviously there's going to be some type of uh, learning adjustment. That's going to have to have some growing pains, but it is what it is. You know, let guys wear the numbers they want to wear. I think that's appropriate. I, honestly, I'm really glad that you said that because like when I'm watching film and stuff too, you know, I, I it's like so easy to see like 80 and then like a guy on the side there, like when I'm spotting receiver, it's like, okay, there he is to the point that, I mean, I, this is like something I'm, you guys probably do this too. It's like, okay, what's like, if he like you Keenan Allen, bro, like he wears those long white arm sleeves. Thank yeah. God for Keenan Allen. I spot him so fast on every play. Right. right? Some other guys though. It's like, it's just the, God forbid you go out there like the Bengals. They got those all white uniforms. They're all mm-hmm. wearing all white, all wearing black socks. And then, you know, Jamar's got the one, uh, number it's he's hard, he's hard to find man so like I, i'm glad to hear you say that because that's a struggle that i live to <laughs> it's ridiculous uh all right this question comes in from a few a few listeners actually sort of sent this in um including one by a guest of this podcast dr edwin porus from fantasy pros what's up matt and austin i'm edwin i'm a physical therapist austin you have no idea who i am Matt, you know who I am. I'm going to kick your butt in fantasy football this year again. Austin, my question is for you. On the first podcast, you said that there seems to be a lack of humanity or or connection there, I'm paraphrasing, between the athlete and the general public. And I agree with you 100%. I work in professional sports, so I see how difficult rehab can be for the athlete. I know that athletes feel like part of their identity is removed when they're just rehabbing and not on the field practicing and doing their thing. So I understand some of the things that they go through. I know how difficult it can be. I'm wondering if maybe you can give us a little insight of what it was like for you rehabbing that hamstring that you had a couple of years ago maybe some of the emotions you felt and what it felt like to finally get back on the field and perform at such a high level i think that would be cool for the audience to hear and i'd be interested to hear what you had to say about that too i think that might help maybe bridge that gap or at least contribute to bridging the gap between the audience the general public and the athlete thanks guys what's your mentality while rehabbing and how do you kind of keep your confidence up when you when you can't like play in the game like what is that process the rehabbing through injuries like during the season yeah first of all I'll say yeah injury is the worst thing when it comes to being an athlete um because a lot of it is things that you can't control right um and it in in this case when you're injured you can't really control injuries a lot of the time and it's directly dealing with your body so it's directly affecting you so being having something that you can't really control but that directly affects you is very frustrating 
Um, and that's, in, I mean, all walks of life. And, you know, when I dealt with my, my hamstring injury, you know, it was very significant. I could barely walk for like, for like two weeks. It was crazy. Man. And so coming back into it, really my confidence, I think was, it wasn't high. It wasn't low. I was definitely uh, upset, frustrated. Um, all those, you know, I feel like very appropriate emotions to be feeling when you're injured, obviously in pain. Uh, but I just knew I wanted to get back. Um, and so I also knew at the same time, I didn't want to get back too fast, especially with hamstrings. I did not want to re-injure my hamstring. And what actually helped me a lot was, you know, my teammates that had injuries like that all saying, hey, look, don't rush it back. Like, make sure you're right. Um, and so throughout my journey of coming back, uh, my confidence, you know, seeing the team struggle. Uh, we didn't have the best year that year. It's just like, ah, like it's even more frustrating. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm wasting, you know, talent on the, cause I'm not able to play, but it's not it's something I can't control. So psychologically it definitely plays a toll on you, but really I, I was just focusing, okay, let's just consistently try to come back, try to come back. And here's the thing too, you know, and I knew when you get back, you're not going to be the same person. Like, right. For me, I deal with the hamstring, so I'm not running. I'm not running. I didn't run for two months, right? Two months of not running, and then finally, slowly working it back. Really, it was just like, hey, we try to push the hamstring a little bit further every single day within its range, and so you just kind of limit, limit yourself, but also live on the edge of, okay, what's the hamstring? How is it healed from yesterday or from last week to this week? You know, let's increase the range, let's increase the speed, let's increase the intensity of what your rehab is. Um, and slowly do that to the point where you get back and now I'm finally back. And now the, the way I knew I was back, basically it was like, okay, you doing a full practice, but on your own, right. It's on your own with a trainer. Like, okay, basically we're doing full speed cuts, full speed running. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like bust this thing again. Like, can this thing hold? Right. Because when we're full speed, these guys are hitting me, they're not holding back. So I need yeah. to make sure that this thing is ready to go. And so finally got up to that point and then got back into the game, I think against the bills after, like I said, like two months and then, man, you're just not the same, you know, it's, and so that year definitely was a, a slower year for me because I just took two months off of running. And then all of a sudden I'm back in as a starting running back. And so it definitely is, is the worst thing. And uh, yeah. especially significant ones up to the lower body. I mean, and I, I hate to make you speak on like something that sucks, right? Like, like the injuries that the, no one enjoys real. that, Are those, but, it, but it is real. And like, I think it helps sort of break down those walls like we were talking about because i know that people on the outside just view like oh eckler is playing like he's back but like that's not true i mean like you said you're a damn running back you don't run for two months like just because a guy's back out there playing doesn't mean that he's a hundred percent doesn't even mean he's cl close to a hundred percent right like right. so do you you might be an entirely different player an entirely different um like a person out yeah, there with the, with the mindset part of it here's the thing like it depends on the injury like especially as as a like a lower body sport uh if there's any lower body injuries yeah you're definitely gonna probably see some type of drop off you know upper body like you know if i sprain my ac joint i'm still gonna be able to go out there and physically run and do those types of things uh which is gonna keep me in shape it's gonna keep me just physically able to like, continue to maintain my stamina and stuff like that so that's something to uh just take in, you know, if people, cause guess what? People are going to get injured on your fantasy team. And it's like, what kind of injury is this? And that's going to help you decide, okay, is this person's someone that I, you know, I should start right away when they're back or should I, you know, give them a week to try to, you know, get back in a rhythm, things like that. Yeah. I always tell people like, Hey, if you 
have a guy who's injured and you don't throw him out there in the first game and like he goes out and blows it up and, and is great, but he does it on your bench. It's like, okay, well, you even if you didn't start him, like you can still feel good about that because you can kind of have that sense, like, oh, he's back and like I feel pretty good. I'm yeah, pretty we, good I mean, you're not going to feel good about that because you're like, dang, I should have started. You're going to have <laughs> I'm that trying to give a silver lining here, Austin. I'm trying to give him some perspective on right. how they can feel pretty good about that. Right. Um, all right, we're about to uh, we're about to do our interview here with Cam Jordan of the New Orleans Saints, but before we do, I do want to have our little as the AFC West turns segment here. Um, we talked a lot about the Chargers, obviously. Um, the two big games, though, for the other two teams in division. Uh, well, the other three teams, you guys are playing one of them. The Chiefs have a, a game against the Cardinals. That should be pretty interesting seeing how they like change their identity post Tyreek. But I did want to ask you about the Broncos and the Seahawks game, mostly because don't know if you've heard this out there, people. The, the Broncos have a new quarterback. He also happens to be playing his former team in week one. Um, you've never had to experience this because you, you've been playing on the same team your entire career, which is awesome. But the concept of the revenge game, I joke about like, Oh man, revenge games. This should be fun. But then you do get some guys like, uh, like Steve Smith. I always bring it back to him when he played the Panthers. He's like, I'm going to leave some blood and guts on that field. And I mean, he, he ripped them up. So, you know, maybe that's out there. So, um, is our revenge games real? And how do you feel about the Broncos now that they've brought in this big time quarterback? I, I would say that it's situational, but I would say at the same time, it's always real, uh, in one way or another even if there's if there's bad blood if there's good blood if it was on good terms bad terms there's going to be some type of like hey this is what you're missing out on type of feeling you know that you want to you know instill in them you know and i think that does add extra motivation we have a lot of reasons to be motivated in this game and little things like that that are kind of rare that pop up every once in a while i think is definitely one because we're competitors like we want to show you that you messed up by not keeping me you know, so just in the sense of being a competitor and actually trying to be the best player that you can be, you're going to have that type of feeling. And that's that's even on, you know, for teams that don't even have you. Right. You want the world to know who you are, but definitely for a team that has had you on the team and they didn't, for whatever reason, you know, resign you or extend you. Uh, there's definitely that that revenge game. That's that's for sure. a thing. one one example, actually, you know, it sucks to say, but Adrian Phillips last year. Uh, for the New England uh, Patriots, he was with us. We didn't resign him, and he had like a pick six uh, against. The, he had two picks, and oh. one was a pick six. And so I, I knew AP man, this man. Shout out to AP. He's my guy. Helped me out when I was younger. I know he was just in the locker room, probably going crazy after the game. Uh, but yeah, it was that that like man, AP man tore us up. So I I've uh, been on the other end of that uh, of that uh, that wrath so to speak. <laughs> yeah. I feel like guys who have like that chip on their shoulder. I mean, look, I'm sure Russ has a chip on his shoulder, but he's also like a, he got, he got a huge new contract for the damn Broncos. He got a big trade uh, to go over there. Like there's clearly, even if the Seahawks maybe lost their belief, there's someone else that has that belief in you. Right. So right. I don't know that should, that is obviously going to be an interesting team to follow all season, but you guys have a big game coming up with the Raiders who, you know, They've made some changes as well. New organization, new coaching staff there, new front office there with Josh McDaniels and the boys coming over from the Patriots. Um, but, of course, the big marquee addition is Devontae Adams to the offense, right? I mean, Devontae Adams, in my opinion, I might know a few things about wide receivers, but in my opinion, he he's the best receiver in pro football. I think he's right up there. Um, it's a huge addition to the offense, but how are you feeling about this matchup going into it? Any, any like game specific goals for you, or is it just getting off to a good start in the season? I mean that, yeah, I mean, that's a good goal to have. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like everyone has that goal, but really as an individual, it comes down to me, like I say all the time, being as efficient as I can, 
um, to keep us moving, right? I feel like, you know, I'm going to be the one besides Justin uh, who's touching the ball the most, right? So I have to be efficient. I have to keep us moving. I want to be vital to us moving and scoring points. And so at the same time, I'm trying to get in the end zone myself, right? Like just as an offensive player, as a running back, trying to do everything I can to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the best situation and making plays on top of that. Uh, if we can do that, I think we have a great opportunity. It's going to be, it's going to be a fight. It's the NFL. It's every week is a fight, uh, but that's why we sign up. That's why we love this game so much. So I'm looking forward to it. Man, this still division, like I've said, is going to be a fight. Like, uh, you know, the Broncos add rush. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, man, that, you know, they've won a Super Bowl recently. Patrick Mahomes still at the peak of his powers. Like, I, and I think the, the Chiefs have really already kind of figured out this new identity. They saw it a little bit. Obviously, they lose Tyreek. That's a big, big presence. But I can't wait to watch all these AFC West games, starting with this one here. I mean, Raiders at Chargers, that's going to that's gonna be a pretty big, big banger for you guys to get the season started with. Yeah, it, I mean... It doesn't get much better than that if you're, you know, an AFC fan, especially for, uh, you know, just if you're a Chargers fan or a Raiders fan. Like, it's like the one of the longest rivalries, you know, for the for the Chargers. Um, and so, you know, the Raiders and the Chargers fans don't really get along. So it's a perfect one to uh, open up with to get some good energy in there. That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to, some good energy in the stadium. And, hey, if you're a fantasy fan, Austin, uh, these teams, a lot of good offenses, a lot of points will be scored. That's the type of game environment that our people love to see out there. All right, Austin and I are going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will welcome in Saints star defender Cam Jordan. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, now welcome to the show, Saints star defender, Cam Jordan. Cam, what's going on, buddy? How we do how we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm always I'm always intrigued on, on intros. I like the defender. Defender works for me. Defender? Yeah. Hey, well, you know, I mean, do it all guy. That's, that's what I'm saying. Defender just transcends just a regular defensive end. Like, I'm a defender. Like, you know, I force fumbles. I got probably more more pass deflections than most DBs. I got like 56, 57 pass deflections. That's got right. a whole lot of sacks. So, you know, it's great. Yeah, you don't want to be confined to, you know, the the misconceptions about just playing DN, like, you, you know, yeah. or, or linebacker or things like that. Yeah, but I just want to say welcome to Eckler's Edge. I appreciate you, man. Uh, just a little about the show. We talk fantasy. We talk life. Uh, we talk ball. We talk, you know, motivation, a little bit of everything. Uh, so I appreciate you coming in and joining us today. Man, I appreciate you having me on. Don't talk fantasy with me. <laughs> I've had, I'm, I'm emotionally scarred from the first time I ever tried to do fantasy. I'm, I'm, I'm done with fantasy drafts. I can't keep up in the, in the middle of the season. Like I'm not keeping up with everybody who's like getting injured or rotating in or out or get traded. Like it got too much. I'm focused Man. on, I'm focused on, I'm putting well, hands on some. Well, now, now I'm intrigued. That's yeah, now, I now go you got now. our curiosity. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What happened? What happened? Uh, when did you do one fantasy? One of my, one of, one of my, uh, had been what like seven eight years ago now like you know my boys were doing a fantasy league and i think like it was a lot online it was it was like you know it wasn't even it wasn't even monetary it was like if you if you're the bottom tier 
you have to like go eat at like Waffle House or something like that. And it's like, oh, it was man. like a lot of waffles. It was like an inordinate amount of waffles. It was like 15 waffles, 16 waffles, right? Or yeah. you had to spend, it was like an hour, some, somewhere in there. It was like, it was like eight or nine hours you had to spend in, in Waffle House. In like just sitting in Waffle House, you know, like right. looking like a real creep. Right. Not yeah. like, not like, hey, I'm I'm coming in at two o'clock in the morning. No, like we're coming in at three p.m. and you're gonna stay here till darn near midnight. No, nah. so, all these waffles, man. That's that's man. one thing that I've actually learned more because I haven't been in in fantasy for for uh, very long, probably three years now. And you know, being in first is great, but I've heard not being last is actually what you're playing for for a lot <laughs> of these guys. For. I'm fighting not to be last, like <laughs> as long as I don't end up. Because right? a lot of these, a lot of these guys have punishments. I was listening to a, a guy the other day. I was talking to him, and for them, whoever gets last has to dress as a Boy Scout and go do a lemonade stand at the choice oh of the rest God. of the group. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. Like it, it's great to be in the group unless you're not right. doing what you're supposed to do. Like right. you're supposed to be rotating. You're supposed to have an IDP. You're supposed to be able to like rotate right. your healthy players with your hurt players. And somewhere in the middle of season, yeah. I'm not doing that. Like right. I'm. I'm focused on being healthy myself and whooping somebody, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, it's a lot. It's a lot for sure. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story with us, though. Mostly. Uh, Wait, so, did, so, Cam, did you have to you, did you have to go to do the Waffle House Challenge? Yes and no. I think, I think like, because it, like, it was, like, bottom three. I think I was, like, the third from the last. So, I think I had to go there for, like, an hour or something like that. And I had yeah. to eat, like, it's, like, two entry, it's like two entry waffles. And then for our, forever, how many hours you're in there, it's, like, a waffle and knock off 30 minutes. So it's like you had to eat like plus 16 waffles after the initial two. It was, it was, yeah. it gets wow. gross. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah, gets, for sure. For sure. You, you love waffles until waffles, you know, start yeah. devouring you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and everybody knows that when you go to Waffle House, it's, it's not just about the food. It's about um, the environment, uh, what's going on in there. So like, if you're in there for even an hour, you're going to see some things, man. You're going to see. We've all seen truck drivers come through you know like you know the family of 17 you know you're going to see yeah. you're going to see all all walks of life come through and it gets in interesting but also i don't want to be there for more than the hour and a half two hours tops three hours <laughs> long time you press that eight that eight button this is different and you got yeah, you, like yeah. it's not like you can just be like oh yeah i went no you know your boys are calling you like hey bro you facetime in check mm -hmm. in on you it's, it gets it gets weird <laughs> weird vibes yeah, it's a weird thing. You're in your Waffle House for that long. You're gonna the windows start fogging up. It's a whole thing. Well, well, Cam, I appreciate you telling us that story. That that alone is good enough fantasy football content for for you. I, I want to talk a little bit about the Saints coming in this year, man. Like, you know, we Austin and I just talked about at the top of the show, like sort of the transition from Philip Rivers, you know, now on to Justin Herbert. You know, they had uh, Tyra Taylor in there for a minute as well. Um, you guys are definitely undergoing a lot of transition here in your 12th season man um so talk to us a little bit about the saints and and what's the vibe around the team right now see the beautiful thing about it is the world perceives us they're going through a lot of transition like oh new head coach actually it's just my defensive coordinator i've been right. with the last seven years <laughs> like hey you know oh you're like who's gonna be a dc we've had the you know a d-line coach and and, and the a db coach sort of take up that helm so we're still sort of running the same same things. We've got the same foundation. In terms of players, you you leave, you know, you have Marcus Williams leave, but you sort of can't replace him. He goes off to the Ravens. But then you bring in, you know, guys like Marcus May and, and Honey Badger. Um, you know, you have guys that you can always rely on on our defense. We we get a, a healthy Mike Thomas back. You're right. The transition is real for for 
our, our team getting healthier. I mean, Mike Thomas comes back healthy and he's a dog, absolute animal. Um, you draft Chris Olave and then you bring in uh, Jarvis Landry. We go from, you know, our wide receiver room being one of sort of the weaker units that we had on the team to now being one of his strengths. Transition is things got nice. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear it, man. It, there's it's so much to be, I guess that's just not said enough about the transition of having the same type of guys around you, the same, you know, scheme and things like that, where it's not a whole new type of learning. So you can build off of what you already know. And then I think it helps you be even a better leader as well, because now you know what to expect, you know what the standard is. Um, and that's kind of where I wanted to ask you next, because I know, you know, you're captain on your team, right? Uh, just how would you describe uh, like your leadership and how you lead um, with, with the Saints? Man, as you know, I feel like I feel like in the league, like it's weird to say, like, yeah, that's my captain. You know what I'm saying? Like these, you can't lead, really lead grown men. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm headed to the I'm headed to the front of the line anyway towards this battle. But it's like you, as a as a grown man, you, captains is is a title. I think that who we are as people speaks leaps and bounds way way beyond just a, a title that is given by your peers, which is a phenomenal nod. Um, by, you know, teammates thinking that, you know, I'm a leader of some sort. To me, I'm going to be the same person regardless. I mean, I'm, I'm in there charging the group up. I'm, I'm trying to put hands on offensive linemen. I'm trying to get real filthy in the backfield, which may not be good for you, but, you know what I'm saying, as a defense, <laughs> we love to see it. Because what we have is uh, – what, what, what defense really has to play on is fear. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want you to be like, oh, we're just going to run around them. Like, ah, that boy Cam on that edge. What we're going to do is, is mm-hmm. try to run through these, through these guards and tackles before we get to this edge. And that's, that's, that's what we love to do. So um, as a leader, and it's literally just that, I come to work with, with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. my guys know I'm never trying to get off the field. I'm like a little, I'm like a little kid, man. When it comes down to, hey, man, you know, we're going to do this rotation. I ain't come here for all that. Mm. You remember high school, we were playing offense, defense, we're still on special teams. College, there was no such thing as coming off the field. Man, if there's 100 snaps, I need 100 snaps. Mm. So I take that same mentality to the league. Whatever is whatever's there, I need it. I love it, the, man. What the, hey, the one play you not there, all of a sudden that's that's when he starts quarterback. You do that set, nine yard drop and start patting the patting, uh, mm-hmm. patting the ball. And you're like, oh, now you want to mm-hmm. do this? I've been getting right. play actions all day. Right. Just roll two boots, and now you gonna sit in the pocket? <laughs> oh, man. I'm there. Gotta be there. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. We, we love to hear that. We love talking about mindset on this show. Uh, Cam, one thing we wanted to ask you about was the Saints-Falcons rivalry. I, I feel like it get, it sort of gets under-discussed in terms of great rivalries. You know, Austin and I were talking about the Raiders-Chargers rivalry early on in the show. Like, wh- you got, like the Saints fans... Wait, and- can, we, can we just reverse this? Is there yes, a Raiders-Chargers yes. Raiders rivalry? I know that the Raiders... And the Niners can't play no more. Like they, they were like years well, that I yeah, played that's each other because that was that's, that's that, I don't even know if that's a rivalry. That was a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> in like in probably like the literal sense. Like it, I think some people got stabbed or something like that. It was like literal literally. Chaos. Bro, it, yeah, it's the same in our games, man. It's straight chaos. You know, oh. like yeah, that's that's how it's been. Underrated. Yeah, that's how it's been back. I mean, more so back when, when we were in San Diego, uh, before my time. Um, but yeah, it's just the turnout for now. I mean, we moved up to LA, so, you know, our fan base took a hit. And so it's a lot of Raider fans around there. Uh, but still, yeah, just the, <laughs> the little Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The Raiders <laughs> fans have some things to say about uh, at the Chargers games. That's definitely for sure. But, but Cam, like you guys, 
have a rivalry going with the Falcons. And I mean, even on like social media and stuff, like on Twitter, I mean, I follow a good bit of Saints fans, good bit of Falcons fans. And like those folks hate each other. Like they legit yeah. hate each other. Yeah. It's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, they're the, they're the Falcons, you know, the, the, the Falcons. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of names you can throw out there that just sort of stick and it sounds great. You know, they like they had the whole moniker one year of them talking about rise up and they, they like fell short, you know, and not even fell short in like a, oh man, we could have, but like, was up 28-3 and then blew it all. You know, you love to see it. I mean, never gonna I, live it down. <laughs> it be like you can't live it down. You know, oh, billboards, whatever happens. And they can try, they can try to do what they want. But at the end of the day, they know they gotta see us. And I know, I don't even know if it's a rivalry if we talk about my era, Saints Falcons. I think I'm like two to one. Mm. And I don't I don't know if that's mm. I don't know if that's a rivalry, but it's, it's a great, it's a great time to see him. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a good time to see him this year. All right, Cam, you're here on behalf of Body Armor Super Drink. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on with Body Armor. Man, you know, Body Armor Sports Drink, it should be a super drink. I mean, when you talk about everything that that is packed with the, with the load of, you know, potassium, the electrolytes that are given into it, there's the idea that it's it's got no artificial ingredients in it. Like, you know, we're so aware of what we put in our bodies. And after, you know, you grind, like, it's a, it's a on an off day, you wake up, you work out, you watch film, you hit the sauna, you hit a steam room, you hit a stretch, and it's just that important to know the what's going on in your body. You're eating right. You, you got to be able to drink right. I mean, the, whether it's water, whether it's the lights, I'm not gonna lie. I put my I put my three favorite flavors in the back. You know, I've got the peach mango, I've got the goldberry, and then I've got that Mamba Forever, that strawberry grape. It hits different when it's ice cold. Um, but I mean, just seriously, knowing that there's no additives, right? Knowing that all the all the ingredients in there is sort of just what it's going to be. And and the fact that you hit a light and now you got some coconut water in there, I'm going for the superior hydration. Body mm. Armor it, it does that for me in an elite way. Yeah, man, I'll say this. You know, Body Armor, I feel like it's probably in every single locker room across the league. So shout out to Body Armor. You know, how we know how it is, man. Like our recovery is so important. So getting all that nutrition back in our body, especially after workouts, the hydration is the point you touched on, um, especially out here in Cali. I know we got it in our locker room out here because it's hot. Um, hey, I'm yeah. bringing it in because this is a competitor drink. But I'm just saying sometimes it's like in practice, it gets like too sugary. And when it's too sugary, that's not what you want. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like in high school, it's what I wanted. I didn't know any better. I know better, so I do better now. There you go. <laughs> hey, we're, we're all getting up there. We're all uh, we're all veterans of the game at this point. Uh, you guys definitely hey, down there in Louisiana too. There's some real heat. There's some real heat down there. So uh, yeah, cool. you're gonna need. Cool. <laughs> Just bring a straw with you. You go ahead. You drink your water through the air. <laughs> it's hot and sticky out here. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, Cam, uh, really appreciate you joining the show here on Eckler's Ed. Just was awesome. We, we could talk to you for an hour, but uh, we, we really appreciate it. Good luck this season, man. I'm, I'm excited to watch that defense this year. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all having me on. Y'all stay blessed. Like Hopefully we we'll see y'all in the playoffs, bro. Mm. I say playoffs, Super Bowl. So, you know, it is. Let's get it, it done, man. Let's go put on a show, huh? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it, brother. <laughs> y'all take All it right, easy. Man. All right, Peace. see you, brother. All right, that was awesome. I mean, Cam Jordan, you could talk to that guy forever. What a, what a, what a, what a superstar. Love, love to see it. Austin, episode two in the Epis books, man. How are we feeling? In the books, man. Like I said at the beginning, man, I'm looking forward to more. Uh, I appreciate you. You know, I appreciate our guests and I appreciate the staff. You know, they don't get a lot of love, but everyone that puts this together. Um, and then you yourselves, your listeners, like we don't have the show unless we have you as the community. So appreciate all of you and looking forward to, you know, scoring some points, finally getting the season underway. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. 
I'm glad. I mean, this is how you know Austin is a, is a good guy and a real star on and off the field. Is he thanks you know the behind the scenes folks? Because I mean, Austin and I, we show up, we talk, and then we stop, and it's like, whoo, great show, Austin, good job, high five to you, high five to me. We feel shout out to us. We feel great. Then their work just begins. They have the real hard job, right. so you got to make yes. in yes, in all absolutely. walks of life. Thank the behind the scenes folks because that's how things really happen. Not just the uh, not just the pretty face like Austin Eckler and the other guy, me. Uh, all right, that is gonna do it for us. You can follow Austin on Twitter at Austin Eckler. You can follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, for God's sakes, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. I'll be back tomorrow with Dalton Del Don for the first Stat Nerd Thursday of the NFL season. Oh my God, how exciting! Until then, we're out.